before. You can stay in here. It's fine by me. So, um, And so this is the, fi- the, the second to last sermon in the series, I'm a Church Member. And also as they head out, um, we, we had some t- technical difficulties this week with our sound system, and I thought they were all fixed, but I'm, I'm really upset about it because Hannah's mic quit working at the end. And so uh, that was, you did an awesome job, Hannah. Thank you so much. We'll get that handled. Uh, so uh, just, just a, brief, a brief summary for our guests that are here maybe the, for, for the first time. Uh, we're going through a series called I'm a Church Member. Uh, a, a fellow that, that, um, that a lot of us are aware of, his name is Dr. Tom Rainer, put together this series for churches uh, because of the dire need that churches that are in, are in you know, uh, you've heard me say it so much, so many times, uh, about the vast majority, 9 out of 10 churches are plateaued or in steep decline or not as growing as fast as their community. Uh, and we praise God for what he's been doing in our, in our, in our fellowship, in our church, but this is something that I really want to just direct our hearts to understanding, the, the attitude and the mind uh, that church members have. Uh, what does it really mean, the how-to in our faith, and what's the attitude in our faith in this thing we call church? Uh, and this week we're going to talk specifically about what it, how it, what it means to lead your family uh, to be a healthy church member. But I want to say this, if you have joined the church in the last year, or you have... Uh, been thinking about wanting to know what it means to join this church and be a part of it, uh, in, in, in two weeks, we're going to have a meal after church. Uh, if you sign up for it, uh, we'll have a meal for you, and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what it means to be a member of the First Baptist Church of Mason. After going through these attitudes and these pledges and understanding from Scripture what it means, I want to encourage as many people that can come to come and check that out to, to, to talk about what it means and how to, how to be plugged into the body of Christ. Because we're going to see really directly here in Scripture, you know, you know we, 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 have good, we might think we have good families that are functional. And, or maybe sometimes for us, functioning just means we're alive and we made it through the week. You know, I, and that sometimes that's what it means for me and my family. But really, what does it mean to be thriving in my relationship with Christ? What does it mean for my family uh, to be healthy uh, and um, Jesus, uh, well, not, not particularly the words Jesus uh, conveyed here, but the Apostle Paul shares explicitly what it means to be a part of the body of Christ and how being a part of the faith family uh, <laughs> means your faith, your own family is a part of the faith family. It's, it's a really great picture this morning. So I hope you will uh, be interested in that. If you, if you want to, please let me know. We'll, there is a sign-up back there for that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will jump into God's Word. Father, we thank you again, uh, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to worship. Uh, Father, Lord, for the opportunity, Father, to rest. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we come to church, as we come, Lord, to this gathering of your people, Father, we can rest in you. Father, I know many of us, Lord, have, uh, Lord, the knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. Many of us, Lord, have the understanding and maybe even theologically, Lord, what it means to be a Christian or to be saved. But, Father, Lord, it's more than knowledge. Father, it's, it's walking in faith. Father, it's putting our faith in practice, Father, and it's resting in you and, and following you. And, and, Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, we would not try hard to be good husbands and, and good uh, wives and fathers and mothers, but, Lord God, we would completely rest in, 
in you and be obedient to lead our families, Father, to, Lord, to be, to be a part of what you're doing here on the earth, God. Because I believe emphatically, God, Lord, that Lord, the plan and purposes that brings this, these created beings, us as humans, Lord, any type of fulfillment, Lord, is to be in relationship with you and to be living for you on this earth. Everything else is finite. It doesn't last long. It's not fulfilling. So, God, help us to understand our role and, Lord, how we can fit into all that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you can go ahead and stick your finger in your Bible in Ephesians chapter 5 and also the, the chapter over. The text we're going to be looking at this morning, we're going to look at it in some detail, but not the same particular type of detail I like to look at te- at, the, at, at the sermon. We're, particularly this issue in Ephesians chapter 5, it's one of my favorite as far as uh, what marriage is supposed to look like and what the family is supposed to look like and uh, you know, what it means to be a fully functioning family. Um, you know, we're going to hit on it just briefly, uh, but we're going to see how, how, how the Lord ties in the, the model that he's given for us in our families is the exact same picture and model that we're supposed to have as we live on this earth for the king, uh, living in, in, a, in a relationship with Christ in our own faith family. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the pledge this week will begin, I will lead my family to be healthy church members. What role does the family play in the church. Uh, I, think, I think scripture is, is very direct. Uh, it teaches that church membership is like a family, okay? And, and, and I think that, that that point's been made at nauseum over the last five weeks. You know, being a member of a church is not the same thing as being a member of a sports team or being a member of a civic organization or anything else. It's something that should be radically different uh, though all those other organizations are fulfilling and, and can be fun, I mean, I have enjoyed being a coach of Pee Wee football. It's been awesome. There's a brotherhood I've met, I've learned with these coaches. It's been great and fulfilling. And seeing these young men and how they're developing, it's been fun. But it's not, it's not the same thing as being a part of the body of Christ. I mean, Scripture screams out that Jesus died for this and not everything else. We put so much time into, you know. I mean, I mean, and there's think of all the things that we 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 enjoy in our gatherings and so forth. But it's the church it, that that that's where the meat is. That's where the fulfillment is. So let's read together in Scripture uh, the, these uh, these two different passages. We'll look at them in different ways, uh, and this 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 sermon should be pretty succinct and simple, and hopefully some good how tos. But first, let's look at the text together. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and forward, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless in the same way. Husbands are to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, revives and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. 
This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. To sum it up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Now, um, th- this, this text I know has a lot of different controversy for some people of what it means because it just begins uh, wives submit to your husbands and, and, and everyone just kind of jumps on that and that is definitely not a politically correct statement to make today and husbands stop elbowing your wives okay I see it all across the sanctuary right now okay um, uh, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in, into the whole meat of this but I'm, I'm gonna hit it I am gonna hit certain parts of it because it's very important to understand um, I, I want you to see some symmetry here in what this text is. Because this text is talking about the marriage relationship, but it's also talking about the church. And, and, and I want you to see how, how, how God you know, has this picture for us. And, and I hope that you have the same picture for yourselves. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, because the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Your focus, wives, as we read that text, is not to be, I've got to do what he says, and he never does anything that I say. I, 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 I just know this because I'm married, and I know my wife is thinking that right now. I've got a big old pile of dirty clothes right next to my bed right now. Um, but, but the picture here, the picture here is that we understand that Christ is the head of this church. He, he is the authority over it. He is the one that's given the... And just, it's not like he has power. We know his model. We know the humility. We know the great sacrifice he, was, he, he did demonstrate and what he has done for us. And so when we think about wives, when you think about your, your husbands, think about the responsibilities he has. To, to lead you this way. It, it, it is, it is, I compare it to some of the passages where it talks about pastors are supposed to be blameless. It's an impossible task. Your husbands need you, to, need you to be praying for them, to lead their families the way God wants them to. Because look at the comparison, because the husband is the head of the, of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Men... Whenever your wife does not submit to you, this, this is a, as far as I'll jump into it today, but whenever your wife does not submit to you, oftentimes it has to do with you failing as a husband to lead your family spiritually, okay? To be praying for them, to be protecting them, to be providing for them, not just physically and monetarily, but, but also mentally and, 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 and with love and with the affection and, and the energy that they need you to be providing for them. I, I think that's very clear whenever... I know just from personal experience, whenever I'm leading my wife well, according to what Scripture has, it, we, we have no problem in our relationship. It's perfect symmetry. But whenever I get off, the whole thing gets off. And it starts with me. But do you see the comparison here? Let's look at some more Scripture. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He, this, he did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. I mean, we just think about 
you know, I mean, the, we, we, we often jump into the Great Commission and we, we, we take that mindset of we're supposed to go and share and make disciples, but he also says, and to teach them all that I have commanded you. Christ didn't just come to redeem us, he also came to lead us and to perfect us. He gave us his spirit. And, and, and you know, he, he has done everything necessary to make us the people of God on the earth, to live for His glory, to make us perfect that we can stand before God in judgment and, and they'll see you know, the, the work of Christ on us if we have submitted to His Lordship, if we have you know, you know, received the sacrifice and forgiveness. But, but the picture is that this is an amazing demonstration of what Christ has done to perfect us as a church. And it says, Husbands, you're, you have that role. Wow, that's big. That's huge. And we're supposed to love our wives the way Christ loved us. And, and, and so, but, but, so I, number one, as we look at this text, I don't want to get bogged down into it. We see the amazing thing, the amazing thing that has to happen in our lives as husbands and as wives to break out of this pattern. As Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. It's not about domineering. It's not about, you know, doing it my way or the highway or, or, or any other stereotype. It's about us walking in this beautiful picture that God has provided for us. But we've got to have His Word and His church at the forefront of our lives. I, that's what I take from it. And you can, correct, you can you know, show me in Scripture if I'm wrong. Let's keep going through it. In the same way... Husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it. Basically, men, we have to understand um, uh, the priority of our lives shouldn't just be us. Okay, We have to understand perfecting our wives and our spouses through leaving them spiritually means that you know, we're not going to neglect ourselves. You know, I, I, here's the analogy. Okay, If a man wants a bass boat, he's going to get a bass boat. Okay, it's probably what's going to happen. Okay, he's going to get a better job. He's going to fix his credit score. He's going to do whatever it takes to get whatever man wants. And here, here's the deal, though, husbands, if you want, if you want to be used by God and you want your family to to, to be used by God, you're going to make this a priority, leading their, them spiritually. But then the, the the picture, though, again, says just. As Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. And guys, that is talking about us. That's talking about the church. Uh, that word again, members, is, is membership in a church biblical? You know, Rainer pointed out, Dr. Rainer, over and over in 1 Corinthians 12. Yes, it is. He uses that word, but here it is again. And, and, and that's why what we do as a church, and we talk about membership or we have business meetings, uh, churches are guilty of making it into a secular thing. Okay, we are guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. But it is something radically different. It better be. Because this, this, the, the foundation of our bylaws and constitution as a church better be found in the text of, the, of this book up here. And we are to be the members of the body of Christ. That's who we are. Um, and, and then like Rainer pointed out, this mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ in the church. Okay, He's talking about the church here. He's talking about the family, but, but the primary point is I'm talking about the church. So in a healthy church, like a healthy family, we are to love and sacrifice unconditionally. Now think about that role in the family, husbands and wives, the idea that you are to love and sacrifice for each other and for your family unconditionally. Okay, I, th- I think we get that. 
when we also, though, we talk about the church, um, I think for a lot of us, maybe, um, you know, the church does not take that type of priority. It's just a part of something that we do. We can't separate ourselves from our families, okay? It's who we are. We live there. And I'm not saying you have to live at the church. You have to be at the church every time the doors are open. Hear me correct here, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that and we look in this word here that there, there has to be a priority um, in the faith. One, one last text of Scripture, and then we're going to kind of get into some just real how-to meat and bones and maybe some directives for husbands and wives and how to make the church a priority and how to actually uh, you know, work this out. Uh, Paul also uh, gives us this text, and Dr. Rayner points it out to be used here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may have a long life in the land. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Whenever we talk about family, okay, especially when we get to the issue of children, um, I just want you to know, and I, and I don't think any of us have this perspective, uh, but, but there, I've seen it out there in people. I've seen it out there in the world. Um, that there's this idea, especially whenever it comes to church or it comes to religion, that we want children to be able to just to find their own way. Let's help children work this out on their own. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to impress my views upon them, but I, here's what I think, okay? If we are not impressing our views and sharing our hearts, if, 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 if God and his word and, 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 and you know, if it's, if it's established us and, and it's the, the heartbeat of who we are, we're basing our life, measuring our life against his word and ex- loving this grace that God's given us and, and knowing what it means to be in Christ. If we're saying we, we want all of that and, and we sing these songs about that, um, but, 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 but if, you're, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking that you don't need to take that same mindset and impress it upon your kids because you want them to find their own way, you know what you're doing? You're saying, I want somebody else to impress their worldview and their mindset on them. We must teach our children. We must not just pound information in their head. We got to show them, but we got to give them the priority. And that has been one of the favorite things in my life as a, as a parent. I don't know what you get out of being a parent if you're a parent. I love teaching my kids. I don't love whipping my kids, though I think they sometimes think that I do. Why well, it's kind of giving me a look right now. I don't enjoy punishing them or discipline. But, man, I love teaching them. And I love seeing the outcomes of what that, of, of teaching them does. And discipline does, too. I, I, I love seeing those things. But I just want you to know, parent, how important it is, especially when we talk about the church. Because I, I shared this statistic, and I'll do it one more time. I don't want to say it over and over too much. But um, the reality is, I mean, as far as what can you do, especially we're, in a, we're fixing to be in a, in, a, in a ridiculous election cycle in our country. It's going to be, I can already just see it. It's going to be ridiculously pathetic. I, I mean, I be, I'm praying. I'm praying not to become cynical about it. And, and uh, it's going to be rough. But what can we do <laughs> uh, with all this mess? And one of the most important things you can do is make this faith family or make the faith family you're a part of a priority. Because we know if we don't do that, church, it is only a generation or two before this is snuffed out in this nation. 
it's coming. It's coming, okay? The percentage of, of younger, this younger generation that are actually committed Christians plugged into the faith family has shrunk dramatically. And if we don't do something about it, it's just a matter of time. It might take 150 years in this nation. But you know what? God ain't going to slow down. He's not going to wait on us. It's already happening around the world in other countries. I shared that with you a couple weeks ago. We have to make the faith family a priority. So here, here's some how-to stuff. And, and I want you to think about this, okay? Think about, I started off the sermon saying, I will lead my family to be healthy church members. What are some things that you can do? Uh, individually, if you're a family of one, or if you're responsible for children or other people, uh, what can you do, husbands? What can you do, wives? Uh, the first thing that I, I want to encourage you to do, um, I, I will lead my family to be healthy church members by praying together as a family for the church. Do you pray together? I know we do this sometimes. We do with our kids. We do little form prayers at night. We even do used to even do like we would pray, and then we would like put our hands in the middle and say "Go Bucks," and that meant "Go to bed, Bucks." That's what that used to mean. But but will you will you pray for your church? Here, 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 here's some ideas. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to pray uh, for the leadership of the church, for, for spiritual protection. For, pray, pray for our ministry team leaders. Every night, do this. Pray, pray for uh, the, these amazing volunteers. That If you see this machine that happens on Wednesday night, the work that happens there. If you're praying uh, for our GO team ministry, if you're praying for uh, you know, the facilities and the work that's happening up here, there's people to be praying for all the time in this place to do these ministries that we do. Pray for me. I need your prayers. John asked you for that last week, and I'm so grateful for my brother and for the other pastors that we have in our church. But I need your prayers. Way too many we hear about pastors falling. Pray for protection from moral failures. Pray for the preaching of the Word of God, that the Word of God would be just hot and, 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 and fast and coming out directly to the hearts of the people that need to hear it. Uh, pray for their families. Pray for my family. I, I want you to know, um, you know it, it's, I, I always heard it said that the second loneliest uh, person in the church is the pastor, but the loneliest person in the church is the pastor's wife. And I just want you to know, we have a fabulous church here, but sometimes that's a reality, okay? It, it, it is sometimes. So, so pray for the families of the leadership. Pray for encouragement. Pray for physical strength. And John did that last week. I think he called me fat from the pulpit. But pray for my physical strength. Pray for courage. Pray for discernment. Pray for wisdom every day. Um. As a church member, I must teach my family to pray together for the church. Do you pray together for the church? If you don't, I'm going to challenge you to do that. The next thing, I will lead my, my family to be healthy church members by praying together as a family for the church and by worshiping together as a family. Boy, this is important. This is so important. In fact, I've got to share something with you real quick, uh, kind of off-tune a little bit, but uh, it, was, uh, it was just a couple, I think it was two weeks ago, I don't even know where it came up. We were either in my office or we were at the house. And I think I had Chloe and maybe it was Emily or White. And uh, somehow we heard an old hymn, a whole old, old hymn song. And I think it was Chloe says, Dad, we don't sing that song anymore in our church. And I want to hear it again. And I thought, man, out of mouth the babes. I heard little kids wanting to hear hymns. But you know, you know why? You know why? Um, because whenever my kids were a little bitty, 
and we were living at seminary housing, every night I would go upstairs with them after we'd prayed and said, go Bucks, and trying to get them in bed, and we would sing, I love to tell the story. We would sing it every night. And they didn't know all the words right, because I didn't know all the words right about my hymnal. But they loved to sing that song. And also, also, uh, it, with every one of my kids, some of you have seen me do it here. But think about this, parents, okay? Or, or will be parents someday. I remember I, either in this pew or at, at a Mountain Peak Community Baptist Church or at, at, uh, at, a, at a, that other church in Fort Worth. I forget the name of it there where we were members at. And every one of them, number one, we were always sitting on the front row or right towards the front. It was, I always had my family right down there. Because I, I knew, number one, it's a Baptist church, and it's always going to be room at the front. But also, I wanted them to be at the front. I wanted us to be close to here and be a part of it. And every one of them, we would start the, the worship time. Uh, and they would just be hearing the words, and they'd be looking around getting bored. I would always either get down next to them and put them in my lap, or I'd have them stand up in the pew next to me, and I would sing those words in their ears. And I wanted them to hear them. Or I would talk to them as we're singing. I would talk to them about what these words meant. And, and because, listen, they're, they're going to they're gonna just mimic what I do. But I want them to know why I do it. I want them to know about what God's love and grace has done for me. And, and we have to teach our children how to do that. And, and I just want to encourage you to, to worship together as a family. Make it a priority. But here's the other thing, too. Um, for some, that's, a, that's, that's very, very difficult, okay? Because uh, all of your family is not together when you're worshiping. But you know what the, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14? It says, For the unbelieving husband is made holy by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But it is as they but as it is, they are holy. This, this, this text, some people have made a lot of it. Basically, here's what it means. If you are a, a, you know, a, a parent of faith and you're a part of a church or this church, but your other spouse is not on board all the way or they're not believing, guess what? You still need to come and worship because you have a mission field in your house. And if you come and you make worship a priority, you make the, the Word and the Lord a priority, do you know what's going to happen? He's going to move through your home. He's going to bring it salvation. And I, I used to kind of like hedge my bets and say, I can't guarantee it'll happen. But you know what? I've seen it happen too many times to say that. It has to be a priority. And so worship has to be a priority. And, and being a part of this faith family has to be a priority. Uh, the next point I want to make, and, I, and I'm nearly done. I don't want to be too long this morning. I will lead my family to be healthy church members by praying together as a family for the church, by worshiping together as a, as a family, and by serving together as a family in the church. Um, you know, again, I, I said earlier, I, I know how busy we are. And I'm in, as I get to know some of y'all, I'm impressed by how busy you are and you're functioning somehow. I mean, we're, our life is so busy, okay? Uh, and, I, and I don't, if you want to be a fully functioning church member, it doesn't mean you have to be a part of everything all the time. But there's things that are priority, and the kingdom is a priority. And I've, I've tried to instill that in my kids. And maybe to a fault, because I don't want preacher's kids, okay? Have you ever heard of PKs, you know, that are resentful, really rebellious kids? I'm, I'm, you pray for my family that they aren't that way. But I think they connect with what we're doing here. It's for the king and for, the, for his kingdom. Okay, so, but serve together in the last point, and we're nearly done, but it's a monster point. 
I will lead my family to be healthy church members by praying together as a family, by worshiping together as a family, by serving together as a family in the church, and by leading my family to deeply fall in love with the bride of Christ. Guys, I, I, I don't know what your view is of church, okay? I, I remember as a young person kind of having a view of church. It's kind of like that preacher I shared one time that shared with a mentor. He wasn't really looking forward to heaven because it sounded like it was going to be boring. Spending, you know, millions of years singing choir music. He thought for him, he thought that would be boring. You know, or hearing a harp play, you know, and I'm not trying to put down choir music at all. Um, and I kind of thought, man, church is boring. Number one, boy, church, we don't need to be boring, okay? If we're about the things of God, it will not be boring, okay? Um, but what is your perspective of the church? Do you have the understanding that this gathering here, this work here, this mission that's done here and what comes out of here is what Jesus died for? A lot of times we just internalize it. It's about me. It's about me getting to heaven. It's about me having salvation. It's about me. But it's about us and what God wants to do to, to just radically affect so many more people with his gospel. The bride of Christ, that's who we are when we function well, when we're serving well. It's this beautiful picture of a beautiful bride coming down the aisle to be united with, with the groom for this amazing celebration that will happen someday and we'll be a part of it. Either the word of God is all true or it's just a bunch of dung. I mean, it's so crude to say it that way, but that's what I see it as. And I know that, that this is his word. As a church member, I'm not merely to like my church. As a church member, I'm not merely to fall in love, or I'm not merely to serve my church. I am to fall deeply in love with my church. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He proved his love for this church, for what he did for it. Is your desire to come to become madly in love with this church? I hope that it is. Not, a, this, not the organization or the walls, but the work of Christ in this place. I was hesitant to um, have you say a pledge with me, but um, Pastor John did it, and you did it so well. So I'm just going to throw this out there. And this is a pledge between you and God. And you make a decision. Also, I just want to say this. Uh, our guests or folks who have not joined our church, membership in the church begins when you come into relationship with Jesus. It does not matter if you've joined that church or not. But it needs to be consummated and, and making it a reality when you really tangibly become the part of the work in this place. But will you make this pledge with me? And if you will, just say it with me. I am a church member. I will lead my family to be good members of the church as well. I will pray together for our church. We will worship together in our church. We will serve together in our church. And we'll ask Christ to help us fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life for her. Father God, Lord, as we come to the end of our worship service this morning, Father, Lord, the, the whole impetus, Father, of what it means, uh, Lord, to be in relationship with you, Father, to be, um, Lord, a, a, a church member that loves sacrificially and unconditionally means that we have been loved unconditionally 
Lord God, that we have seen the ultimate sacrifice. But Father, that ultimate sacrifice and that unconditional love, uh, Father, is something that must be accepted. Father, we live in a world, we see the outcomes of this all around us, of a world that has rejected this offer of grace and love. Father, we know as your church, we are to offer it, Lord, freely and, and, and well and often as we serve and as we proclaim. But Father, if there's anyone here this morning that does not have a relationship with you, maybe they have just heard about Jesus. Maybe they've just learned of the great things that you have done, Lord, but they have never truly stopped and said, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your help. Help me to follow you. If there's anyone here today that does not know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus, they want help understanding that. I I just, as I'm praying this prayer, I want to ask you, Lord, to receive God's mercy. Would would you come down forward this morning and just just pray? You don't even have to talk to me. Or you can pray where you're standing. But, but, But if you do want to talk about what it means to be a true follower of Jesus, to be a recipient of this grace, to, to, to know what true change is, to truly be able to lead your family. The time of invitation that we're fixing to have is for you to respond. It may be the response is, I'm a member of the body of Christ. I am a church member, but I want to solidify that by joining this church, learning more about it. Whatever that is, the invitation time is for you to respond. Whether you stand or you walk down here or you grab one of us by the arm after the service is over, Don't leave here. Oh, God, please don't allow them to leave here without responding to you. Brother John, lead us, and we'll just take a moment, then we'll be done. Stand on your feet, please. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you hope of a life spent with you so here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god all together lovely all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came. To the earth you created, all full of saints became poor. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy, all together wonderful to me.
Father God, what a, what a joy it is, Lord, to, to, be a, to be a husband, to be a father, God, and to see, Lord, transform children, Father, into the, Lord, those you want them to be. Father, Lord, what it is, what a blessing it is to be a part of a church family, God, to be a part of being transformed myself, Father, Lord, to see the generations of people in this room, God, to know you've been doing that, Lord, uh, from the beginning. Father, help us to continue, Father, to be a church that's radically in love with you and what you're doing here. I just pray, Lord, for blessing on every family that's here, Father, as they leave here, Lord, whether they're a family of many or a family of one, God, Lord, they're a part of this faith family. If they're a part of us, God, I just pray, Lord, you'd you'd continue to move in them. Let us have a great week of ministry and service and keep us safe. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother John, lead us out.